Welcome to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast for anyone looking to stop letting life get in the way and start crushing bold goals. I'm your host, Sarah Mayer, and I'm thrilled to navigate this journey with you because it's time to start boldly achieving without working double time. So let's dive in. Hello, Bold Goal Crushers. I'm so excited to talk today all things goals and how to ensure your finances are in order so you are able to achieve them. Because we know when you set out to set a big, bold goal, many times you need the money to be able to do it. Today, my guest is Shannon Weinstein, and she is a fractional CFO and tax strategist serving small business owners all around the country. And she's been featured in various news outlets like Yahoo Finance, Fox, and NBC. And she's also the host of the Top 100 Entrepreneurship Podcast, Keep What You Earn. Shannon, I'm so excited to have you on the podcast today. I'm excited too. Yeah, I met Shannon. We were doing a mastermind together and she was actually my coach or mentor or whatever they called it. And Shannon just really always lights up the room, but I love how you share your knowledge and how you're just so honest and you love to help women and all entrepreneurs ensure that they truly are able to live the life that they want to live. So I want to jump in because I know you have taken a couple big leaps in your career and set some bold goals. So tell me, how did you get to where you are today? Because I find this very interesting. How did you decide how you wanted to get there? And then how did you actually do it? So what comes to mind is how I, and then to be honest, if you ask me now, how did you go off on your own and start your own business? I'm like, I don't know, <laughs> but I think with anything where you have a bold goal, you, after you accomplish something, you look back and it's so important to actually dissect how you did that mm -hmm. <laughs> and celebrate it. And I think that's something I need to be reminded of all the time. So if I look at, uh, if I look at how I got here, I mean, it all started with losing a bet with my dad and becoming an accountant and then, mm -hmm. uh, working for a, a really big firm, uh, traveling away my twenties and burning myself out. And then it, then it kind of, uh, unfolded into several jobs, not even careers jobs that carried on from there until I realized that none of these were going to turn into careers and that I didn't have the aspirations to achieve and go up the corporate ladder anymore. And that was mm -hmm. okay. And I had to be okay with that. Uh, and not tying my own self-worth or my value to my title or my accomplishments mm -hmm. in a career. And then I finally realized that I was so much happier serving people I chose to serve and small business owners I wanted to help and actually rolling up my sleeves and helping them, not just cashing in a paycheck by putting together PowerPoint decks and reports anymore. Yeah, I love it. And I think the one thing that you really touched on is that self-discovery. It's really knowing yourself and which whatever you choose, whether it's the corporate ladder or working for yourself, it really has to feel right for, for you and you need to be living your passion and purpose. So how long did that journey take? 
I mean, well, I graduated 2008 and did accounting until, uh, no, I actually, I started, this is one interesting thing. And I just talked about this on my show actually was I, uh, I had a corporate job up until this past year, I quit in January, 2022, and I was building my business on the side for three plus years. And Mm. I had a corporate job while I was building my business, which was a lot, but there was a lot that went into testing things and building things on the side. And I think a lot of folks assume that they have to make this giant leap. And what Mm -hmm. I wanted to do was close the gap so that that leap turned into a small step over the river. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think many times when we have these big, bold goals, it seems so scary and it seems like you have to take a leap, but honestly, it's just a few small things to get the ball rolling. And then when you get to that point where you're actually making the shift, like quitting your job is a big deal. When you actually make the shift, even though it is a huge deal, it doesn't seem like such a big deal because you're just, as you said, jumping the river, which is a lot easier. Exactly. I love it. So when you decided that this is really what you wanted to do, how did you go about planning to achieve this goal? What was your process? Did you write it out? Did you have it in your head? How did you go about doing that? So what I did was there, there's two different dimensions to this because at the end of the day, guys, I am a CPA. So, you know, that there was a cash flow forecast involved. Like, you know, there was a spreadsheet. Uh, <laughs> so I can talk yep. about that too. But, uh, on the other flip side of it was actually, I, I started to really click with the fact that I I'm not made for this corporate job anymore. I am mentally disengaging with my corporate job and I'm way more involved with my, with my business. Mm-hmm. What became a side dish became the main course. And I was really involved in the business. And what I realized was I started mapping out actually where it kind of clicked for me was I actually mapped out my future calendar, like my future Mm. week of time blocking. And that was where I went, this is what freedom looks like when I can choose when I work, when I'm at my best, I can choose when I'm moving, exercising, um, when I'm in control of when I'm meeting with clients or I'm not meeting with clients, let's say I want to have a no meeting Friday or a no meeting Monday. I can do that. And I'm in, I'm in control. So I actually played with that and said, if I could design my calendar with nobody else having any control over my outlook calendar, my meetings, what would I do? And I actually had that as my, you know, my destination. I said, when I quit my job, this is what my life will look like. And when I really painted it in that way, that was what made it super real for me and allowed me to say, that's the goal I'm focused on is that calendar. And along with the financial goals, obviously that I had laid out saying, when I'm making this much money on a recurring monthly basis, I know that I'll be able to jump ship from the corporate job. And it was actually earlier than I thought it would be because I ended up realizing that I hadn't hit the cash flow goal yet, but I knew I was never going to hit that cash flow goal until Mm -hmm. I made a choice on dropping the time I was spending on the other job. Yeah. And I love this idea of dreaming about what your calendar would look like. And I think that's so important because many times people will say, well, I don't like my corporate job. And they haven't really thought about what their business will look like. And I think you really had the foresight to say, this is what I want my time to look like. And 
I've worked with many clients who've left their corporate job for freedom, but they haven't designed what that calendar looks like, or they haven't really thought about when they're going to work on their business, when they're going to network, when they're going to do the client work that they're selling, when they're going to sell. And what they end up creating is a business that allows them no freedom because they don't have a clear goal or thought of what that calendar should look like. And then they're not able to implement it. And so many entrepreneurs spend time the first couple months or even years just floating through their day because they wanted the freedom, but they also need to build in the structure to make the business work. So I like that you kind of married the two of those. Yeah. And then it's I- just so true. It's so true. And to be reactionary, like, so we have been, we've gotten by in our corporate jobs nine to five by having everybody else own our calendar, like yep. slap, slap a meeting on the calendar. I have to go on a zoom meeting. I have no idea what it's for because the person didn't put anything in there. Like, <laughs> you know, it's you, you are, you are a victim to your calendar for years. And then it's so strange because then when that falls off and you're in control, it can mm-hmm. easily also just go by the wayside. And then you end up just tackling things as they come in, like an assembly line without any yep. intention or structure, like you said. And that's, I knew that was going to happen if I didn't create the structure to put things into, yeah. because I knew I was going to end up falling into that habit of email inbox management being mm-hmm. my entire day. Yeah. Yep. Yes. The email uh, trap. And I always like to say about email, that's everybody else's priorities. There's very few times that somebody sends me an email and is like, how can I help you today? How can I best provide service to you? So you have an easy day. Nobody does that. It's always, I need this, or can you send me that? So I love that. And so you've really built your, not only your business structure, but your personal life around structure, but also designing and dreaming your ideal life. Now, when you look back and you have accomplished the goal, what's your next goal? To implement that. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Because I, well, I jokingly say that because it's only been a few months and it's been tax season. Mm -hmm. So I, my goal now is to really hold myself and discipline myself into following these time blocks I've set because I don't really have a lot of accountability now other than myself. So, you know, if I say I want to exercise in the morning, like Shannon, you got to go do that. Cause you got to mm. show up for all of these other commitments you have during the day. Uh, I would say that my next step is really to implement and own that and find what works because you know what I've already learned in the couple of months I've done this, that, you know, these are the hours of the day that I'm best. And this is when I should be scheduling deep work time versus meetings versus emails. I really should be, mm. uh, moving those pieces around and reacting to how I'm feeling about them. Not just, and also not being too strict on myself. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's really important too, is the reflection and then Mm -hmm. also giving ourselves grace because some days you may not feel like working on something so detail oriented and other days that may just come naturally. And so it's really about ebbing and flowing, but reflecting and making those adjustments, especially when it comes to the calendar. Now I, I do have a question, uh, about, if somebody were working on their goals and since you are, you work as a CPA and Mm -hmm. you obviously deal a lot with money 
and money is the most concerning thing to them. They have this corporate job or maybe they don't, but they're comfortable and they want to make a big leap. What would you advise? How do they get started? How do they plan for that so that they can continue in that goal? I think the, what I most commonly see is that folks are not two things. One, they're not focused on that financial goal because they're caught up in whatever else is tugging at them to leave. And trust me, I know how that feels, Mm -hmm. but also the other thing is they don't know what that financial goal is. Like they don't have Mm -hmm. a number that they can put on the wall and say, when I hit this, that's when I can, I can go flip the switch. Uh, having that number is insanely empowering because when you know where the finish line is, you know, how far you are from it. If you need to sprint, Mm -hmm. if you can afford to jog, like, you know where you're at. I actually have a client who has another uh, podcast that that's, um, talks about personal finance. And she was talking about how after she ran her cash flows and we did everything, she realized she could have quit her job six months earlier. Oh, I love that. <laughs> and and she said, from, she said, from now on, I am thinking forward-looking because when she actually put everything on paper, she realized that she was at a cash flow standpoint ready to quit her job six months prior and she goes, that's six months of my life. I could have had back and gotten a head start on this. And wow. And, and I think that there are people even listening now who might already be ready and don't even know it. So uh, it's, it's both sides of the coin. So I would say getting something on paper to reverse engineer your business goals, to meet your goals, to, to make that leap. And that means understanding fully, it really gets back to understanding fully what you need. Right. Mm-hmm. What do you need? Looking at your money, looking at your bank account, looking at the transactions and budgeting. I hate using the B word. It's like a diet. I know. I was going to say, <laughs> I, well, I should say allocating. We should yeah. allocate how much of, you know, how much of each uh, type of expense or, or type of spending should we have readily available so that we're not stressing ourselves out. And The reason why I say to wait to make a big leap, and this is just my perspective, wait to make a big leap until you are in that position is also because if I had made that leap six, 12 months earlier, Mm -hmm. I would have been operating out of scarcity like crazy because I would have Mm -hmm. felt like I had to say yes to every client. Mm -hmm. I would have had to say yes to every opportunity. I would have had to hoard my money and not invest it in masterminds and communities and other things because I would feel immense pressure to produce the financial needs of my family that I would be distracted by that and be operating from that place of scarcity. So I decided that I was going to wait until like, again, it was a very small jump from rock to rock across the river because I wanted to make sure that I wasn't coming from that place. And I was choosing very intentionally who I was working with. You know, and I think you just hit the nail on the head because so many times people jump into these businesses or they start businesses or leave their corporate career too soon. And they end up creating the same situation over where they, you know, they'll take all these clients and then they have eight bosses instead of taking the clients that really fit what they want to do that allow them that freedom, which is why they wanted the goal in the first place or whatever they wanted the goal for. And I think that's so important because, you know, I, I think people get it. Well, I know people are intimidated by money. And so they're afraid to really take a look at what it is going to take because sometimes they just don't want to know. I don't want to know. And, but it's so freeing and empowering when you are able to say, when I hit this number, I know that I will personally feel secure and I'll be able to run the business with the clients that 
I want to work with that bring me that fill me up and really why I want to get in, into business in the first place. So I, I love that you mentioned that because I do agree that many times people who start too soon or quick quit too soon end up creating something that's not authentic to what they want to do. Yeah. And in bet- there's an in-between too. Here's the other thing. You have to get creative because when you quit your, you can still quit your corporate job. So here's, here's what I did. I actually went to my husband and I said, I want the opportunity to quit this job and to go all in on my business. If I do not achieve the results that we need in, let's say five or six months, whatever that would look like for you, let's say it's in six months, I will gladly go and get a 1099 contractor job, pick up other work, go, you know, you can work in sales for a company. You can work as a part-time, you can work as a contractor. Like there are so many options in how you can set your ego aside for a second and yeah. go and say, you know what? I'm going to do some additional work to build in cash flow while I'm building this, but it doesn't have to be a, you know, high level corporate nine to five. I was an associate yeah. director at a fortune 50 company and I just, and I quit and I went all in on this, but you know what, if it doesn't work out or something happens or, you know, you can never, mm-hmm. you never know what is going to happen and something doesn't produce, let's say come the summer in a slow season. I can easily, I can think of a dozen companies I could call and say, are you looking for seasonal help, part-time help? Because you really have to drop the ego and just know Mm. that this is what we need to do to get it done, to meet the goals and to really get scrappy and figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think what's so, so key is that this decision is not final. (laughs) It's not like, well, I'm leaving my corporate job and that is that forever. And I have to go in all in on business and I can never do anything else. And that's it for the rest of my life. And so I think that that's really important too, to give ourselves grace and flexibility to be able to do what we need to do. And also I think there's such a a big community out there of entrepreneurs and really tapping in. Like you've mentioned some masterminds. I know we met through a mastermind and investing Uh in them. And yes, there's tremendous growth that happens personally in a mastermind, but there's also this network of people who want to see others succeed. And I think that's the really cool part of you don't need to, if you do decide your goal is to become an entrepreneur, you don't need to do it alone. And one of the things I did when I first started my business, I found people who couldn't afford to hire other people and we traded stuff out. You know, I found a great web developer. She helped me design my website. And in turn, I helped her with her systems and her process. So I think it's really getting scrappy a little bit and finding those people who are out there to support you in your goals. And that will help kind of move you along as well. You don't need to make a huge investment when you first start a business. I mean, you, you can, but you don't necessarily need to do that. There's a lot of things that you can do on an Excel spreadsheet or just a Google doc uh, to get started. So one of the things that I like Mm -hmm. to do is I love a good spreadsheet, but one of the things I love to do is have a spreadsheet of future tech. When I get to this amount of money, I will invest in this. And so I know it's on my list and I don't have to continue to worry about it. I'm like, someday Mm -hmm. I will be here. (laughs) 
I called it my business Santa list. Like, Oh, I love it. It was my, I actually did that too, Sarah. I actually had, um, so I started my business, which is now multi six figure. I started my business, um, with MailChimp, hot glue, duct tape, and a prayer. It was like, (laughs) it was Google docs. It was all the free stuff. And it was, I mean, scrappy was an understatement, but that business made my first five figures and then my next five figures and my next. So it, it built to a point where I was like, Oh, this is legit. This is real. I, I threw together landing pages, landing pages on MailChimp and and other platforms for, I think nine to 12 months of my business when I was building up. And right before I hit my first hundred K I, uh, I invested in the website. So it was, it was not the first thing I invested in. And I actually rewarded myself with the website after a full year in business. I said, when I hit my one year mark in business, this is my birthday present is a website. And it really felt special to me because I still remember that and going, that was my first business birthday gift. So I actually created these little like mini milestones, either through accomplishments or other things where I could celebrate it by rewarding the business for its work and giving it more things like that, that I in a sense earned. Yeah. Yeah. And I think people get overwhelmed by the tech when they're doing goals and then the cost. And I think that's really important. So if you were to outline somebody who wants to leave their business or their corporate job and start a business Mm -hmm. and really create that, um, that goal of cash flow goal, Mm -hmm. how would they start? What would they start by doing? I say you have to pour all the numbers on the table. So you have to really get, you have to get really, uh, roll your sleeves up and dig into, it's not just your salary. So this is one thing that's a really common Mm -hmm. misconception is like, let's say you make a hundred K salary. Okay. You make a hundred K salary. That means I have to replenish a hundred K not necessarily. It means like, and a lot of people jump straight to, so if this is you listen to this, if you make a hundred K salary and you think, all I have to do is build a hundred K revenue business to replace that salary. There is a lot that goes on in between. So you have expenses to pay for the business. You have unexpected expenses to trust me. You may think you have a low overhead business, but next thing you know, you know, you've got to upgrade the tech, like Sarah said, or something comes up an opportunity comes up and you don't want to be restricted. So you always want to have money in the bank. Um, you always want to have, uh, you always want to be mindful of insurance costs retirement Mm -hmm. savings. What are the things that are happening in the background that you've just put on autopilot that you may not be thinking about that are Mm -hmm. actual expenses coming out of your pay, uh, including your income taxes as well. So you've really got to start thinking about what is the real cash flow that I have right now? What am I putting in my bank account every other week or every month? And Mm -hmm. how do I replace that and do better? I didn't even want to replace it. I said, how do I get to a place where I can pay myself this and not, you know, starve the bank account for the business. Mm -hmm. So that's really important is that you typically need more than you think you do. But the irony is most of you are already closer to that target than you think you are. So it actually does kind of line up, but I would say you really want to, you want to dig in and get to know those numbers. Yeah. And I think one of the things that I found when I first started my business, because for many, many years, it was a side thing for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And when I first started really digging into the numbers, two things. First of all, I I didn't originally have a business bank account because I was doing things as a 1099. Everything changed when I actually opened that bank account Mm -hmm. and put 
all the money into that bank account that came from the business and paid all the bills. It, it was a lot, it was like a, a spotlight just went on the business. And, and going back to your point, I realized I actually was making more money when it was co-mingled with my stuff. Not only was it very confusing and hard to put together, but it also, it, it didn't feel like it was a real business. The second right. I opened that actual bank account, that changed. The other thing I realized is that there were a lot of things that I was paying for, like Calendarly or Zoom that personally I was paying for, but really they were business expenses. And so that was really eye-opening as well when I started transitioning those things over to the business actually paying for them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you should be claiming those if you have those and you're in business. And a lot of folks have this misconception, like, well, my business isn't really legit. It's not really a legit business yet. And that's like one of the most common excuses I hear, but what that really means is, Hey, I'm not taking this seriously. Mm -hmm. And that's, uh, that's really your perspective and your perspective alone, because unfortunately the IRS takes it seriously. (laughs) So, so you're the only one not taking it seriously. And that's not the position you want to be in. So you want to make sure that you're tracking all that stuff, keeping your, your business and your personal stuff separated. And like you said, the mindset shift that comes along with that is actually the best part because now you cannot turn a blind eye to that. And it is a separate and distinct thing that you have to keep alive. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it, when the cash flow started to come down, it was like, oh, I need to sell some more. And then when it was really high, I need to make sure I spend this money wisely. And I think that's the really cool part of, you know, jumping in and making it, even if you're working at a corporate job, have a separate business account, trust me and Shannon on that one. Yes. Um, It's way easier, but it also just changes everything because then, you know, when you want to just hang out and watch Netflix and you're business bank account is a little bit lower, like, oh, it's time to go out and sell and, and recruit new clients. It'll help kind of alleviate some of that. What do I need to do right now? Cause it'll shine that flashlight on it. So cool stuff. So money often gets in the way of achieving goals. So if somebody were wanting to work with you to help set them up for success or to get going on turning their side hustle into a real business that's thriving and making lots of money. How would they go about doing that? So, I mean, the first thing is obviously to uh, listen to my podcast, which is called keep what you earn. Cause we give a ton of tangible, practical tips on how to do that on the show. Um, And that's free. But then, as you mentioned, having that separate bank account, what I call good business hygiene, (laughs) you want to have good financial business hygiene. And then when we, we want to talk performance, we want to go to the next level. We want to grow your business. That's where you can get in touch with us about doing one-on-one services or other options we have. And my company is called Financial Solutions. Um, I'll make sure that the website is in the show notes and also um, follow me on Instagram at Shannon K. Weinstein. You'll get tons of tips there too. Yeah, I love it. And I think one of the cool parts is, you know, many times people are like, oh, CPA, oh, mm-hmm. you know, they're intimidated. I mean, Shannon's cool. She will <laughs> shoot it straight. She will level with you. 
And mm-hmm. she's really here to support you. And I think that's what's really cool. She loves working with entrepreneurs who are looking to make their dreams come true. So it's not going to be, you know, one of those conversations that you dread. I promise you'll have a good time. And please have Shannon help you reach your goals because oftentimes we don't get started on what we truly want because we're letting that fear of money get in the way, but it doesn't have to be that way. So thank you, Shannon, so much for being on the podcast and for helping everyone to really achieve their goals. We really appreciate you. I appreciate you. And that's all I want for you is to keep more of what you earn. Oh, I love it. All right, everyone tune in next time for the next episode of the Bold Goal Crushers. Thank you for tuning in to the Bold Goal Crusher podcast, where we crush goals and everything that gets in the way. I always love to support my community. So feel free to text the word goal to 480-530-5368. Again, 480-530-5368 and the word goal. And then tell me all about your goals and dreams. Thanks for tuning in. I look forward to seeing you crush your goals this year.